Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. God, thank you so much too, Lord. Thank you for leading us and guiding us, warning us about the things to come, uh, promising us to keep us encouraged, and uh, thank you, Lord, for your awesome promises. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, we're going to call this The Man-Child Bride and Revival. Number two. All right. And the first revelation uh, is from Claire Pinar. We called it The Man, Child, and Bride Wait Patiently for Revival. Yes, it is coming, and it's going to be awesome. Well, in this dream, Claire represents the bride because her name means brilliant. And... um the bride's garments are bright and pure, as uh, is spoken of in 19, Revelation 19 and 8, uh, that she arrays herself in fine linen, bright and pure. Fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Amen. And Rion, I believe, represents the man-child because his name means little lion king. So, Claire said, I dreamed my husband, Rion, and I were waiting in our van at an old derelict factory. Uh, The factory represents the defunct Babylonian system of apostate Christianity. Um, The factory was five stories high, and it had three grain silos outside towards the right side of the building. So grain silos represent the storage of their false teachings, much like the grain silos in Egypt represented what uh, Joseph had stored up to feed the people during their tribulation, right? So it looked like it was uh, autumn, and the grass was yellow and short. And the sand was a reddish-brown color. It looked like it was harvest time, but this vac- this factory or farm had not been in operation for a very long time. Well, the apostate dead churches are drying up. They don't evangelize. Many churches out there have a very small percentage of new congregants. And the big, um, the big churches are, of course, not saying anything that would drive anybody off, so they're really not a church, so quite often it's that way. Um, Matthew 9 and 37, she goes on, Then saith he to his disciples, The harvest indeed is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. We do that, Lord. We ask you to do that in Jesus' name. And we're all willing 
Amen. Some windows were boarded up. Others had thick layers of dust on them uh, because they don't have any eyesight. You know, they can't see the deeper things of the Lord that are even clearly on, in, written in the Scriptures. And uh, still others had been knocked out. So, well, they, they're they like social clubs. They have no insight into what is coming. They just repeat the same old stuff that came out of their Bible schools and whatever, you know. And there's no power in it, right? We were sitting in our silver van, and when I peered at the rear view window, I saw the van looked like one of those double buses with a accordion connection in the middle of it. It was a bright blue, super long, empty bus. And um, she says blue represents the heavenly realm. Yes, that's true. And uh, I would say the man, child, and bride are prepared to receive the people from these dried-up churches. It was like when Jesus, the man-child, came and began to draw many people who were spiritually starving in the Pharisees' churches. And they flocked to him, those that had eyes to see and ears to hear, right? We had a large, shiny, empty trailer hitched to the back of the bus. That was a long bus and a trailer on the back. And the trailer was empty. Well, this represents that the bride and the man-child are expecting to receive much heavenly provision through faith for these new disciples. It's through faith because it's not by sight, okay? Uh, and Rion said, Faith calls the things that are not as though they were. We are not walking by sight. Amen. We go into the wilderness not with all the junk that the Israelites went in there with that they thought they were going to need and ran out of in the first few days. <laughs> we go into the wilderness with um, trusting the Lord. So then I saw Angelica from UBM Local. And Angelica means angelic and messenger. And messengers in the Bible were both angelic and human, by the way. Same word was used. And um, she was co-piloting a white helicopter. Hmm. Angelica represents the angels who are assigned to UBM who do the Father's bidding and bring our supplies. Amen. And also this represents sanctification of the airwaves represented by the white helicopter through Angelica's work on the UBM YouTube video ministries. Um, a silver-haired man was on her left with a pale blue pilot's headphones over his ears. And Rion gave some thought here. The helicopter is piloted by the Lord who has direct communications with the Father through the Holy Spirit headphones. Amen. So uh, she went on. Angelica had small pearl earrings in her ears. And she gave Matthew thirteen forty five through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a merchant seeking goodly pearls. And having found one pearl of great price, 
he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Amen. That's the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And it makes up many pearls, but it's uh, there's one of great price, of course, and that is the kingdom itself. The fact that she had these pearls in her ears showed that her uh, ear gate is in complete tune with the Holy Spirit. She hears him and is obedient, and he has given her authority to fly this vehicle. And um, Rion said a helicopter has direct access to the skies or heavenlies, unlike an airplane that needs to take off or build up speed on a runway. In other words, it's kind of uh, a thing of works to get into the air, right? She and the man came in and landed twice while we were waiting in the van and hitched a crane pulley from the helicopter to a big wooden crates and flew off again. And I believe this probably represents the provisions that will be supplied out of heaven <laughs> from a helicopter, like the quail and the manna, right, in the wilderness. And Rion said the wooden crates are the supplies or provisions being sent in the air to the wilderness, representing the YouTube videos and other online over-the-air teachings and material needs, etc. There was no noise or wind as the helicopter descended and ascended. It was all very quick and peaceful. We knew she was going to a lush green place. And I believe this represents our, our refuge in the wilderness, tribulation, where many will be raised up in the Word to manifest Jesus uh, in the last great revival. The saints went into the wilderness to listen to Jesus, the man-child, in his day. right? And it will be so in this day, too. Then we saw the gate at the front end of the property start to close. And I said to Rion, the gate's going to smash into the trailer. And he said, okay, I'll swing it around. And he made a U-turn at rapid speed. Well, time is running out, I believe is what this is showing, for the apostate church, and the door is closing. Uh, God will turn things around quickly when the revival starts. Amen. Well, I think time is running out to be in the brand man-child and the bride, uh, but the church has to go through the same tribulations that the man-child and bride have gone through. Okay. We were both smiling and happy, and the gate didn't do any damage. In fact, the gate stopped closing and reversed, opening up again. We were still waiting patiently. Then we both heard a trumpet in the far distance. And then I woke up. <laughs> well, this could be, of course, the first trump to start the wilderness tribulation, right? Yes. I received the following by faith at random when I woke up, Matthew twenty nine nineteen through 20, with my finger on the words, Holy Spirit and always. 
Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, uh, then we got one from Tiana Fire on 8-23-22. The bride will be one in spirit for the great revival. Amen. No factions in the bride won't be permitted. And Tiana said, I dreamed that I was at my house in Australia and my UBM sister in Christ, Marilyn, was at her house in the USA, and instantly we started talking to each other in our mind or spirit. I asked her how we were speaking like this, and she said, the man-child anointing is here. Ooh-hoo. So the man-child anointing is going to bring this kind of supernatural um, activity and ability to um, speak with one another. And that will be because we're getting closer to the time when uh, you can't, you know, get on a plane or use anything that the beast won't know about it, right? Yeah. My thoughts were instantly connected with her thoughts, and I asked her to confirm that we were really talking to one another in spirit or mind by sending me a text message in the physical, and she sent me a text to confirm it. (laughs) So this is just uh, one of many gifts that the angels told us we would have during the end-time revival. Angels can carry messages from God as well as people. Um, uh, I'll just share this to you from Ministering Angels through UBM number 3. David asked, What can you tell us about the supernatural methods to get the gospel out and heal, deliver, and save? And the angel Baruch said, The methods of man will not be employed to reach the peoples of the earth in the days that are coming. The methods are all of the spirit realm, and we will will be administered by and will be administered by the angels who are going to distribute the gifts to the saints. Saints of course means the sanctified ones because a lot of people don't even believe in this supernatural aspects of Christianity, right? And Baruch went on to say these include gifts of translation from place to place, languages In other words, a language that you don't know, but you need to speak to deal with other people. Healings, laying on of hands to impart to others their needs and what they are lacking, and to replicate the gifts by passing them on to others whom the angels will point out. Supernatural downloads of wisdom and knowledge will be received for specific situations. True. David asked, What about deliverances? The angel Baruch said, The enemy will be on the run during this time. Deliverances will be instantaneous with no resistance on their part. 
Ah, praise the Lord. It would be, well, it was kind of like the man-child Jesus' ministry. There was no resistance, right? Well, we know that many deliverances are this way now. They're instantaneous. But um, yeah, if there's cooperation on the part of the victim in repentance and faith, the Baruch went on to say, they will no longer be able to hide in the flesh because of the light of revival and the fire of truth that will sweep the elect of the globe. And then Eve said, uh, I understood that he meant that the demons will be fleeing left and right out of people as the true fire of the Holy Spirit fills each one and searches the depths of each individual. There won't be any place left for them to hide in the elect of God. Then David asked, Will there be uh, mass healings and deliverances? And the angel Baruch said, Yes, these will all take place on the largest scale in human history. And he said, I understood that he meant that masses of people will supernaturally be delivered and healed all at once for time's sake because the need is so great and the darkness so pervasive. Okay, let's go back to Tiana's revelation. She said, I could also view in my mind or spirit the other UBM brethren and what they were doing at that moment, even though I wasn't physically there. I could also see what the enemy was trying to trick or attack them with and then was able to use my authority in Jesus to command the spirits off of them instantly in spirit, through my mind. Amen. And Jesus said in uh, John 5 and 19, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father doing, like similar to what she was doing there. For what things soever he doeth, these the Son also doeth in like manner. Yes, the Lord demonstrates to us through dreams, visions, prophetic so, um, what he wants us to do. After this, I saw Michael translate to another country and translate back to the USA. And I heard in the Spirit, Go get dressed because Michael will be here next. Okay. In other words, just giving you a demonstration of how the Lord will do things in these latter times when the the times are so hard and the beast is, uh, knows everything that they think they know. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael means, by the way, who is like God and represents those who have manifested Christ being given these gifts. See, when you, you look in the mirror and you see Jesus, you see Jesus and you see his ministry. It's yours. You're looking in the mirror. It's yours. God is going to give us this. He's going to manifest this. And uh, then Tiana said, uh, then I woke up. I asked God about this dream and heard, uh, paraphrasing it, this will be the primary means of communication. I asked how and heard one in spirit. So the bride will be one in spirit and they will have this supernatural method of communication. Okay. So this will, next one, uh, Claire Pinar had on 922-21, and we called it David's Teachings Will Reach Far. 
I dreamed I was sitting in a white kitchen. The white kitchen represents where the unleavened bread is fed to the people. Okay, it had a square stainless steel table and four stainless steel chairs in the middle of the kitchen. Well, the stainless steel table and chairs represents the inability to corrupt or rust through, right? Whatever you put on it. No no corruption there, right? I was sitting with an aboriginal woman, and she was telling Rion and I how bad mainline Christianity was and how David Eels was helping her disabled son. Uh, I believe this represents her spiritual fruit of Christ in her that has been disabled by false church doctrines. She went on to say, We agreed, and I remember thinking, Wow, David's teachings are even reaching the first people groups of Australia. Then this same lady turned to the topic to find out my uh, uh, background, and I stopped telling her as I heard the Holy Spirit say, Your past doesn't matter anymore. Well, it seems that the Aboriginal people of Australia will gain access to the David Manchild Reformers' teaching. And then I woke up. And um, this next one was given to Eve Brast, 8-19-21. And um, we called it African Visitors of the UBM Revival. Eve is represented um, by the, uh, or represents the corporate bride of the last Adam in this dream. And uh, as the first Adam also had a bride called Eve, so God's using that. I dreamed that it was almost dark outside and all local UBM were gathered outside of the UBM house. The area was lit up by streetlights. I was lying on the same cot that I had seen David lying on in a previous dream where Michael and I had determined that he was dead. This was the scene that followed the trials at the World Fair dream uh, in the series Tests Prove Who is the Bride, number one. So this represents that the bride follows the man-child David reformers into death and resurrection life. Isn't that what Jesus did with um, his disciples, those first fruits disciples that he had? Mm-hmm. I was lying on my back on this cot, and David and Michael carried me on this cot because I was weak and needed to rest and conserve my strength. Well, the rest is to cease from our works, right? so that God's strength is ours. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Thank God. I was observing myself in the Spirit, and I saw that I had a a white head covering on that had a large print of all sorts of colorful fruits on it. The bride will bear much fruit in the as she submits in purity to her heavenly husband, Jesus, right? Amen. 
To my right was a short line of white women with blonde hair who had translated over here from Africa. Well, in our dreams, many will be translated here. Spiritually speaking, they are white with blonde hair because they have been purified by their faith in the cleansing blood of Jesus and are submitted to the Son slash S-U-N. So they're submitted to the S-O-N slash S-U-N. And they had come all that way to meet me and were so excited to finally get to greet me in person. They said things to me like, Oh, we are so honored to finally meet you. We have uh, come a long way and are so blessed to be here with you now. So the bride will be honored among those with discernment. Right? Each one took my hand in theirs with such love and admiration and warmth, their excitement was palpable. They told me that they couldn't stay long, that they needed to take the UBM teaching materials back to their people in Africa. Well, uh, UBM materials have been spreading through Africa from several different points there. And um, it's um, being, it's very exciting. I told them that I was so glad to meet them and that they had come and that they had come, but that I had to apologize for not being able to stand up uh, to give them a proper greeting. So David and Michael were standing over the cot and greeted the women also as they too apologized for my weakness, but said something to the effect that I would soon be stronger than ever. Well, it's true. We're coming to the end of our strength, and God's strength is going to take over. Amen. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Praise be to God. And then I woke up, she said. Well, right now the bride is relatively weak, but soon... They will be led by the man-child with much authority and power, just as it was with the first disciples. History repeats. Revelation 3 and 7 says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. So the bride church of brotherly love is represented here, Philadelphia. Right. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and none shall shut, and that shutteth and none openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee a door opened, which none can shut, that thou hast a little power, and didst keep my word, and didst not deny my name. Well, there you have it. A little power, God's power. Praise God. Behold, I give of the synagogue of Satan, of them that say that they are Jews, and they are not. Well, we know what a Jew is in the New Testament. It's somebody circumcised in heart. That's the Christians. That's the New Covenant people. Um, so, spiritually speaking, that's what you're looking at here. There are many synagogues of Satan out there. And they say they're Jews, and they're not but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. 
because thou didst keep the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of trial, that hour which is to come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no one take thy crown. Amen. So this is from an African uh, missionary pastor uh, on eight ten twenty one. 21 uh, The UBM Luke 9 truck arrives to get the word out. That's what we named it. And he said, I had this dream and God confirmed it through another brother as well. I dreamed it was daytime on Sunday around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I felt like the Spirit of the Lord had something to tell me, and I felt a bit sleepy. I was reading the Bible, and I closed it and laid down uh, on the carpet to rest. As I was resting, I got this vision. I saw we were here at our home on our ministry grounds, and the whole grounds were fully packed with many brand new computers. I was with some people at home as we were wondering about these computers. Well, computers represent the ability from our Father to get out much knowledge to many people easily and quickly. And this is what this brother and ministry are doing. But this shows it will happen on a much larger scale. Father is saying they all are going to get the word out in a very great way. And uh, so he went on. Uh, while we were still there wondering about these new computers, a new truck came in. And I believe it's new because uh, this is coming. Okay. These big trucks carry uh, sand and sometimes luggage. It came in and backed into the ministry grounds, and I ran to it. I tried to climb it to see what it had brought, but I could not see in there. It was tall, and I tried to see who was driving it. I did not see anyone. It seemed like the driver closed the door so that no one could see him. <laughs> Well, we know Father is hiding that he and his power is behind this great move of God to spread the gospel through this ministry to his country and, and beyond. Amen. So in my striving to see what was in there, I heard a voice tell me, What are you looking for? Can't you see? And the voice said again, Look at the back of the truck and read. I went to the back of the truck, and there was a big sign that said Luke 9 that I did not see before. And after reading this, a certain Mexican man, probably living in the USA, came to me and asked me, Man of God, help me to understand what this Bible verse means. After God saved his people from Egypt, he destroyed them who did not believe in the wilderness. Hmm. That's Jude 1 and 5. Now I desire to put you in remembrance, 
though you know all things once and for all, that the Lord, having saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Hmm. Well, we know that's going to happen. So, um, many don't understand that we must continue to walk by faith to see all of our salvation and kingdom benefits. We are being tested in the wilderness of life just uh, as to whether we are truly a believer in the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian. In other words, Jesus didn't call them that, right? He called them believers, right? And as we know, uh, many fell away and did not make it to the promised land. Jesus said the same in the parable of the sower. So I looked at him and I was thinking, this man knows English very well, better than me. Why is he asking me to explain to him something written in the language which he understands better than me? As I was thinking about it all, the Spirit of the Lord reminded me of the Ethiopian official whom Philip helped to understand the Scriptures. And then the dream ended right there. Well, the knowledge that uh, this minister has gained through the UBM materials will spread back to the foreigners who are aliens to the kingdom of God living in the USA. Do you know there are many foreigners and who are aliens who are in the front of churches preaching? Because they don't know God. They're foreign to His ways, His methods. They A lot of them don't even have the Holy Spirit and don't believe in receiving the Holy Spirit as it was in the book of Acts. So early morning the next day, a brother in our ministry came to me and told me that he had a vision of God telling me to (laughs) read Luke 9, all of that chapter, and again to read Matthew 10, all of it. Well, that was a good confirmation, right? Well, this speaks of Jesus sending out the apostles to spread the gospel of deliverance from sin, sickness, demonic possession, and heavenly provision everywhere. And Jesus multiplying the fishes and loaves for the people to eat the food from heaven. So, this is what they are doing with computers and printers And we have many more books to share with them. So we're excited about the moves of God we're seeing in in the Middle East and in Africa especially. Um, In these texts, Jesus was preaching the crucified life, he said. Well, which the prosperity preachers in his country refused to do. And we have books for this too. He went on to say, Jesus was glorified before them, and he will be glorified everywhere in them, right? And uh, he went on to say, Jesus was casting out demons from the people, and especially demon doctrines, yeah? He went on to say, Jesus was saying he was going to Jerusalem to be crucified by the false leadership. So, those who love the self-life will speak evil of the brethren there and here. 
He said Jesus was preaching to follow him above all things. Amen. He went on to say, wow, the, so when I read Matthew 10 and Luke 9, they both read the same. Matthew 10, 5 through 8 says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and charged them, saying, Go not into any way of the Gentiles, and enter not into any city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, uh, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. And they will go forth with power. Amen. No doubt about it. Well, notice, in, in the, at least in the beginning of the tribulation period, as it was in, the, in Jesus' ministry, he said, don't go into the way of the Gentiles. Go to the covenant people. They have yet to receive this message. They are the ones who have a right to the message, the healing, the deliverance, and so on. Jesus went to the covenant people. Ultimately, uh, there was a fruit out of them, and the rest turned back to their old ways. And so it will be in the tribulation period. There will be a falling away. The Bible's clear on that, a great falling away. And uh, by the way, in that day, um, Jesus was preaching to Jews, and uh, then it was the Gentiles' turn. And now, uh, uh, Jesus, through the man, child, and others, his um, disciples will be teaching um, the Gentile church, and it, that will switch to the Jews. See, everything is in reverse. It's going to be it's going to be a, a repeat of history here. So, uh, UBM has schools raising up many missionaries in foreign lands, and many of our missionaries are in danger of factions here and in their own lands. And many are in countries where Christianity is illegal and hated. And some have been killed by their factious enemies, just as it is here. And we're, we are stretched to our limit, providing their ministry needs, but our God has been faithful. And as we can see from these testimonies, He has no limits to meet uh, their needs and ours. Amen. Praise be to God. So here's one uh, given to Eve Brass on one one twelve. Called it Man, Child, and Bride Enter the Tribulation. And I dreamed that I was in a hotel in the heavens with many brethren above the continents of the Americas. Well, the true church is a hotel in that it is many buildings built together, implying unity into one holy temple in the Lord, right? Ephesians two nineteen through 22. It is in the heavens because we who walk in the light of the fruit of Christ are seated with him in heavenly places, which is said to be in him in Ephesians 2 and 6. This place of heavenly places is in Him. Abiding in Christ is walking in heavenly places, right? So the hotel had many rooms, each with bathrooms in them. And, of course, that's to clean up and get rid of waste 
of the old life, the carnal life, right? So we had all been uh, lying on our beds or kneeling next to them, praying and interceding for the coming man-child ministries and also uh, cleansing ourselves in the bathrooms. There seemed to be an excitement among us all, like we were preparing for an event that was about to happen. Well, yeah, the anointing of the man-child and the choosing of the bride. Amen. I was starting to become a little weary and frustrated, but I heard the Holy Spirit say, Endure just a little while longer. (laughs) Amen. Well, part of the trial for the saints is to endure to the end, which is the manifestation of Christ in you. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 11 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the exceeding greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. For we are pressed on every side, yet not straightened, perplexed, yet not unto despair. Pursued, yet not forsaken. Smitten down, yet not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our body. That is this body, right? For we who live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, so that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. This is where you bear the fruit, folks. It's not after this life. When you leave this life, you are what you are, and you get a reward for that or not, okay? So I decided to go to the hotel lobby. Again, a hotel is a community of people, many houses built into one holy temple like the churches represented in Ephesians. And the lobby is the government, uh, the uh, man-child-slash-bride. There were other brethren walking around the lobby. Much preparation was going on. Uh, As Joseph um, prepared for the wilderness tribulation by storing up the food, right? Something made me stop and face the wall of the lobby, and as I did, uh, a hole opened uh, up in the wall, and I saw an open vision. I saw Moses. Moses represents the man-child in his day. Kneeling down on both knees in white clouds. So among the righteous people, the bride. They'll come as the clouds, right? I was looking north towards the U.S., and he was positioned in the clouds over the eastern half of the U.S. Hmm. That's where the vast majority of Christians are. And he was facing east. That's towards the leadership and enlightenment of and the coming of the sun in his life. Amen. This represents the Son manifested in the man-child ministry by the latter reign of the Word. Amen. 
there was a very uh, bright light shining upon him, and he had his hands up and was squinting, trying to look in that direction. His hair looked golden and was dripping with oil that glistened in the bright light. Well, this is just like the man-child's hair in a previous vision. Um, this oil on his hair represents submission, 1 Corinthians 11, to the anointing and uh, righteousness of Jesus. The bright light in which he kneels is like that of Jesus when he was on earth. Amen. He was wearing a white linen garment. Moses, right? Uh, representing holiness, I believe. And sandals. The oil also soaked the shoulders of the garment. Well, as this was um, prophetic of Jesus, it is also prophetic of Jesus in the man-child's anointing uh, to carry the burden of the government of God's people. The government shall be upon his shoulders, it says. And this was true of Jesus, and is true of Jesus in the man-child. Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. And of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord is going to bring it to pass. Amen. And notice that the establishment of the government of the throne of David was establishing uh, the kingdom of God on earth. Luke uh, one thirty one and 32. And also First uh, uh, Chronicles 29 and 23, 2 Chronicles 3 and 8. So Jesus... The man-child and his disciples preached the kingdom of God is nigh. And he taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom is where God's will is done and obeyed. Amen. But he was clean-shaven. So I asked the Father for a scripture for this dream, and my finger fell on Isaiah one twenty-six. I will restore thy judges as at the first, and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, a faithful town. So this reveals a repetition of history in that the man-child ministry will once again come to raise up the bride, the city of David, Jerusalem, and lead the rest of Israel as a type of the church through the wilderness tribulation, just as Moses did. History will repeat. The voice of God spoke to him out of the light and said, It's been forty years. 
Well, the man-child Moses coming out of 40 years of wilderness is, is being spoken about here to lead God's people through the wilderness tribulation to the mountain of God, a type of his kingdom. And Moses said to him, But I am so small, how shall I stand? Yes, Moses was a very meek man, and uh, God gave him help, remember? So this saying was Amos's complaint to God in Amos 7, 1 through 6, when he threatened judgment. And so God relented, and God will be merciful to the man-child reformers and strengthen them for in their weakness, God's power is made perfect. So, what did uh, Amos say? How shall um, he stand? He's so small, right? Well, that's the truth. You know, our God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Amen. I asked the Father for a scripture for this saying, and my finger fell on. Ezekiel 11 and 15, Son of man, and that's speaking of Jesus in the man-child. You remember Jesus called his natural life uh, Son of man, right? Thy brethren, even thy brethren, the men of thy kindred, and all of the house of Israel, all of them are they unto whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get you far from the Lord. Unto us is this land given for a possession. This whole text is a rebuke to the false leadership of God's people whose sins scattered God's people, as we are seeing now in uh, this world faction. Amen. Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord, Whereas I have removed them, Far off among the nations, and wherever I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them a sanctuary for a little while in the countries where they are come. So God will protect his elect even before they come out of the world and into the kingdom. And verse 17 goes on to say, Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. So they will once again walk on the promised land, which they defiled and fell away from and went into captivity. And now God is saying, I'm going to bring them back out of captivity. Amen. In all the lands, all the peoples, right? So after a brief time in captivity, God will lead the scattered people out to their spiritual and sometimes physical promised land by the hand of the man-child reformers. Mm -hmm. Then the hole closed, and when I turned around, all of my brethren were hurrying to get ready to leave the hotel. So they were leaving to be a tabernacle in the wilderness. A tabernacle, of course, is a temple, which the people of God are, but a tabernacle is mobile to travel through the wilderness. And that's the way we must be during this tribulation period that's coming. 
So there was much excitement because of what we had been waiting for was finally happening. Aha. So we're very close to that now. Get ready. You know, after cleansing the body, it will be time to go to our own land of promise. I have been dressed in a winter Army PT uniform, which is a gray physical training sweatsuit. So the time for training to fight the enemy will be over. The training will bear fruit, and the job begins. <laughs> but now all the brethren were running to their bathrooms to change their clothes because it was time to follow Moses and because winter was ending and spring was starting. Well, after the winter of training and trial will come the spring of new life, and uh, they will leave for the wilderness, right? No one was taking anything with them. Kind of like an empty trailer, right? Because all will be supplied. Revelation 12 and 6 says, And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that there they may nourish her a thousand two hundred and threescore days, or three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And that's the first three and a half years. The second was when the beast made war on them, and so on. I put on a short-sleeve camouflage T-shirt and uh, some overall shorts, and I noticed that my legs and feet were very white. So evidently winter was just over, right? It was still a little too cool for me, so I brought my son Elijah's camouflage blanket to cover up with. <laughs> Well, that, I believe, is representing his mantle of invisibility and protection. Spring is full of biblical symbolism for the people leaving Egypt to go into the wilderness tribulation uh, whenever this happens, right? Amen. If we go by the biblical Hebrew calendar, spring is the time for the new year. And uh, that's proven by the new moon and heading up of the first fruits barley and uh, the biblical Passover of the destroyer just before leaving Egypt with Moses. Biblical feasts of unleavened bread for seven days. Again, you see the tribulation. Uh, fed by the man-child when they come out of Egypt. And biblical feasts of first fruits a celebration of the first fruits of God's people. Uh, Purim is the celebration of the Jews' deliverance from the beast. I suppose that uh, that could be like Israel delivered out of Egypt to go into the wilderness, right? So it's very significant. Suddenly the scene changed, and my UBM brethren and I were seated on top of giant bales of straw on a giant trailer pulled by a giant John Deere tractor. When you see giants like this, you're talking about corporate bodies or something that handles corporate bodies, you know, 
large bodies. You don't need big stuff if you don't have a lot of people there, you know. So uh, John the Baptist uh, prepares the ground for Jesus. He also prepares the way for the coming of the man-child. Exactly, history has to repeat. Except now John the Baptist is a corporate body, and Jesus in his corporate body too. So it was uh, driven by Moses, representing Jesus in the first fruits man-child reformers. We were all giants on the earth, meaning, of course, that they uh, represented uh, not only large bodies of people, but uh, these giants represent those who are of renown and great in the kingdom of God on earth. And these are like the, the first disciples who followed Jesus and did his works. They will come out of Egypt and go into the wilderness, tribulation, after Moses, a type of man-child in our day. And I asked the father what the giant hayride with Moses represented, and my finger fell on Romans 6 and 5. For if we have become united with him, united with him, in the likeness of his death, and that's a death to self, right? We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, which is his life, right? The Red Sea baptism to enter the tribulation is a baptism unto death, that we may be one with the resurrection life of Christ and giants of the kingdom. The hay under their feet represents that the old life of the wood, hay, and the stubble is overcome. It's under their feet, right? So, I asked for a confirmation to this verse, and my finger fell on Daniel 3 and 1, in context 1 and 2. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Well, there you have the 666, right? And then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the satraps, the deputies, the governors, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image, which is the image of the beast, <laughs> which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So what a confirmation here. I mean, this is clearly the one world order, which begins at the same time that the man-child brings the woman into the wilderness tribulation. So this is what's going on in the world, right? Spiritually speaking. Moses drove the tractor on top of the waters of the Atlantic Ocean down to the Cape of Good Hope at the tip of Africa. Well, the man-child and uh, people crossed the Red Sea, typed by crossing the Atlantic Ocean. Since this is worldwide happening, so going into the wilderness tribulation has to be a big thing, right? Amen. Uh, 
Moses turned the tractor to travel along the west coast of Africa and Europe and on up to England. It felt as if we were on parade. In other words, God is going to show himself through his people to the people of the world. And it will be a demonstration of the power of the gospel to save and heal and deliver, right? So the Lord will send his chosen to the world to demonstrate his gospel and convict of sin and and righteousness. When I asked the Father for uh, a scripture for the overall meaning of this dream, my finger fell on Psalm 105 and 13. And they went about from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. That's true. I looked at the continent of Africa as we were passing by on top of the waters of the Atlantic Ocean. Most of the dark black people were giant in comparison to the continents that they were standing on. And they were not as giant as we who were riding on the trailer. So they that represents, of course, these people represent all the people on that continent. That's why they're giant. They're corporate bodies of people, right? Well, and also I just have to make a little note here sometimes because some people coming in don't understand. God's not racist. Uh, man looks on the outward appearance, but God uses everything for symbolism. And, the, and he tells us to know no man after the flesh. So uh, color of skin does not make any difference to Christians, period. But this is symbolism. So just as Eve does not represent herself in the dream, so the black and white people in this text do not represent this in the natural, but are symbolical. So these black giants represent the giants in the ways of the world from the spiritual type of giants in Genesis when sons of God mixed with daughters of men producing hybrids, by the way. Uh, The great men of Christianity in our day are all a mixture of the world and Christianity. Okay, And they wouldn't be great in the eyes of the world if they weren't a mixture. If they were pure Christ they would crucify them. <laughs> so they are uh, the lukewarm mixed multitudes, part Israel, part Egypt, the half sons of God by Seth and half daughters of men by Cain. If you want to read our sons of God, aliens and giants revelation here, makes a lot more sense than the demons showing up as giants, you know. They were all celebrating something, jumping up and down and dancing with instruments and tambourines, clapping and shouting. My impression in the dream was that they were celebrating a secular event. And this is why most of them did not notice us. Well, possibly the lukewarm were celebrating the peace covenant of the beast, as in Daniel 3, 1 and 2, which we already read. Uh, I believe that uh, this is being done right now and uh, all the nations are gathering together to overthrow Babylon and uh, the deep state 
And the alliance is uh, an alliance of nations. Amen? So these uh, giants on the African continent were dressed with just grass skirts or little clothing. These are clothed with flesh instead of Christ, for all flesh is as grass. Amen. And we're dancing around uh, fires. See, you can see that the world is going to think this is a great thing. And in the natural, in the beginning, it is going to be a great thing. But that ain't how it ends up, right? Yeah. This stood out to me for, for some reason. I wasn't sure what they were celebrating, but after a while, I realized they weren't seeing us. Most of them seemed to be facing southward. But every now and then, a white face in the crowd would see us and wave excitedly. <laughs> so these white faces who were excited to see us, that's UBM, represent our missionaries in Africa, uh, uh, or people who are, are won by the missionaries in Africa, who are reaching many with our materials, right? But we were invisible to the majority of the people. They didn't see who we were. They don't know. They didn't know about Jesus when he came, right? Those who spiritually walked in white or light could recognize the heavenly giants, but those who walked in darkness could not. They didn't recognize them. The Pharisees didn't recognize Jesus. He was uh, light, pure light. Amen. Okay, we're going to go to revival coming soon. Claire Pinar, nine twenty-two twenty-two. The Lord is using Rian and I as types of the in this dream. Rian's name means little lion king, like Mordecai means man child, and Claire means brilliance. And as such, I represent the corporate bride body as described in Revelation 19. Okay? Amen. That she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The bride is dressed in the righteous acts of the saints. If you're not doing righteous acts, you're not in the bride. So I dreamed Rion and I lived in a really large place. Psalm 18 and 19 says, He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. A large place is a lot of freedom, a lot of uh, ability to move, right? So Rion said, uh, the man, child, and bride receive a place or refuge to accommodate those whom the Lord will send. It looked like a small conference center. I never saw our bedrooms, but only all of the public areas. And we had three pools, four lounges, and a play area for children. Two pools were indoor and one was outdoor next to a large river. And I believe this represents the river of living water. Psalm 1 and 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. 
whose leaf also doth not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. So we were visited by two people with white hair. One was a female and one was a male. Well, we believe white hair represents wisdom. It says in Daniel 12 and 3, And they that are wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and that they turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Amen. Rion fellowshiped much with them, and I was preparing a meal to serve them. They three had made the decision that it would happen, quote-unquote. The two white-haired individuals went away and put up uh, one invitation for a teaching session at the local grocery store, which is where you feed food, right, on Saturday at 3 p.m., So, Saturday represents late on the last day before the beginning of the week, right? Representing the seven-day tribulation. So, I realized then that Rion and I were foreigners in this dream and that we knew no one. We had no network or contacts, so we could not invite anyone to our new home. Um, well, David said concerning the building of the Lord's house in First Chronicles 29, 14 through 16, But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as all of our fathers were. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee a house for thy holy name cometh of thy hand. What is building the house of God? It is building the people into the house of God, right? And it cometh of thy hand, and and is all thine own. And, and, of course, we are about to begin the building of God's house here. Amen. When the people fell away, it was torn down. And when the people come back to their promised land, it needs to be rebuilt. In other words, the people need to be holy and put together into a holy temple in the Lord, right? So that's the job of uh, the man, child, and the bride. So the dream changed to the day and time of the invitation, Saturday at 3 p.m. There was a knock at the door, and Riyand opened it. People literally flooded into our home. Sounds like a great revival to me. There were easily 500 people of all kinds in our home. They all wanted to get into the water and have a good seat to watch the preacher. (laughs) Well, we know what the water is. It's the Word of God. They all were wanting to get into the Word, right? And the revival is coming, and people will flood into the larger house of David, 
that will be built by the man-child Solomon, the uh, Prince of Peace, who called himself the Preacher. Interesting, it was called the Preacher here in this text. Uh, Rion uh, was up at, at the stage fixing the sound system. <clears throat> well, the man-child Jesus is preparing to reveal himself through his reformers on the world stage, and many will hear his voice, represented by the sound equipment. I was helping the young moms keep their kids safe in and near the water. Well, the bride will help take care of many immature Christians who will be learning to swim in the deeper waters of the Word. Amen. I had a thought to make a meal for all of the people, but the white-haired lady appeared to me and said, We've got caterers. Hmm. Then I saw that they turned one of the rooms into a kitchen with round tables for seating. Well, Jesus told his disciples in John four thirty one through 34, In the, the meanwhile, the disciples prayed him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not. And the disciples therefore said one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to accomplish his work. Amen. Okay, we are being prepared by God, by partaking of the body and blood of Christ, to go out and do the same thing he did, and to bring others into that experience, right? So the music started, and the people were praising God. Of course, we know many will be praising God when revival starts, and the music begins. It was amazing. We praised for a long time. I was at the back of the room the whole time, or outside, checking on the kids. And then Rion began preaching. I was happy for him but I hadn't realized that he was going to be the preacher until that moment. Okay. So many who currently know the man-child reformers will see them for who they really are once they receive the latter rain anointing. They will go about and do the works of Jesus. Then I went to help uh, dish up food, welcome new folks, and help set up chairs, etc., one man asked me, where's the preacher's wife? Normally they sit in front and support their husbands. I turned to him with a huge grin and said, here I am. I'd rather be supporting all of you. He gave me a hug, and he said, well, thank you. It was amazing and lovely, and the place was so full of people coming to the Lord. And then I woke up. Well, that represents that awesome revival that's coming, and it's going to be started like it was when Jesus came. It will be started by the man-child. And the Lord said, Come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we provide respite for those coming out of the world and or apostasy. 
And we thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, here's a revelation that was given to David Timoshuk. 3.22.22 And we are, uh, we called it Moving to the New House of Healing. So, David and Elena represent the man, child, and bride in this dream. I had a dream last night that God moved us to a new house on a steep hill. This sounds like Mount Zion and the New Jerusalem, the bride, according to Revelation 21 and 2. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. I had to use the four-wheel drive on my SUV to get there, he said. Well, a 4 by 4 SUV is an all-terrain vehicle. Represents overcoming our earthly terrain of our flesh. And this is the vehicle required to go through the wilderness to the top of Mount Zion. Amen. You need a 4 by 4 in the wilderness. Well, when we got there, it was a beautiful home. Yes, the bride on top of Mount Zion is beautiful. Amen. And God's going to richly supply for His bride. Amen. Then we went to a church with uh, really tall ceilings, and there were a lot of people, and they were all praising and worshiping God freely. Well, I believe this represents revival of uh, the church in the end times, and, of course, the original church, right? I looked up at the ceiling, and uh, there was a bald eagle flying by the ceiling. I saw a glow, and I heard a voice saying, This is the church for whom I have chosen. After I heard this, I immediately started praying uh, in the Spirit and rejoicing. So this is the church for those He has chosen. I was given a vision that I believe is about Jesus' voice being heard through his vessels. Amen. I was looking out of my window at a, a little songbird with no particular markings that was that was singing. And the Lord showed me that this represents his pleasant voice going forth. Then the bird swooped down and landed on the concrete at the base of my house. And the Lord showed me that this represents this vessel, which is based on the concrete or the rock. Okay. As I watched, the bird morphed into a bigger a hawk or an eagle-type shape. Well, the lamb becomes the lion, right? And this eagle represents the anointed man-child, which the angels confirmed was the meaning of my sighting of a large eagle flying low at the back door of my house. It went right down that narrow alley, and I was walking up to the glass door 
as as the thing flew by, I said, what? I've never seen anything like that here. <laughs> and I thought it probably represented the soon coming of the man-child. And, and when I asked the angels that, they said, yes, that's exactly what it means. So, back to David, Timachuk. Then I looked at my wife and I told her in the dream, I just saw a vision. Then a little girl went up on stage and started singing. And I looked at her and was thinking, she looks familiar. Then uh, I realized it was Zoe, fully healed. And of course, Zoe is healed by faith, but she hadn't manifested it yet. So this could mean a timing here. And Zoe means God's life. And when the revival begins, his life and his spirit will heal all who come to him. Amen. God's life. Okay, so now we have uh, Tiana Fire, and she got um, the School of Revival, one thirteen twenty two. Hmm. I had a dream that I went to the elementary school that I went to as a child. And all the people I went to school with were still there. They were all gathered together. I went up to them all and just started sharing my testimonies of Christ. And I was speaking the word and truth in spirit. I felt such a strong, amplified love and energy for Christ in spirit. It was like a hundred times amplified beyond anything I have felt when awake. And just a strong desire for Christ and a strong exercising of speaking truth and the word with nothing hindering me at all. I didn't have to struggle with uh, carnal worries of offending anyone or being embarrassed. Nothing was hindering me or fighting me from proclaiming Jesus. And it was all out of holy love and not out of obligation. And I felt love for everyone, even those that had hurt me so much or hated me in the past. I had such strong, pure love for all of them, not in a carnal way, but spiritually. It was a real witness as they knew how evil I was as a child, more than most. But they now saw Jesus had transformed my life. They could see the light of Christ and so many of them repented and turned to Christ in spirit and in truth. A big revival throughout the school broke out, starting with repentance. Well, this is kind of like uh, God demonstrating Moses with the wagon and the bride in the back, taking the bride everywhere, and God using the bride to demonstrate the power of God to save and to heal, and to deliver, and uh, to be holy, etc. So God is going to use uh, demonstrations 
in the days to come. And uh, it's going to break out because people who know these people before are going to realize, wow, what a change God can make. He really can save, uh, contrary to what a lot of the churches believe and, and demonstrate. They don't demonstrate the life of Christ. So um, I walked around to different areas talking about Jesus to everyone. Many others repented and were awakened to the truth and started going around telling others. Again, this is the bride going forth to, you know, preach the truth and so on. The fire of God spread so quickly throughout the school and most came to repentance and love for Jesus. And a few that didn't were surrounded by those who did, and either they started desiring Christ or they had to run away from the school and not come back. I have to tell you, if you have a real church of godly people, it's like that. People don't feel comfortable in their presence unless they really desire to be like God. Then they don't mind and they love the demonstration. But uh, most people who want to stay the way they are don't want to be convicted by holy people. To stay in the school, they would have to be in Christ. The Spirit was contagious, and it was so beautiful seeing true repentance in spirit and truth and love for Christ came so quickly. Amen. It's awesome, awesome demonstrations. That's what God's going to do. Thank our Lord for these things, right? I went into a classroom, and there were students sitting down and a woman teacher teaching. I went over to the teacher, and I said that what they were doing is meaningless and a waste of time. I then turned to the class and started singing, Be Thou My Vision. Praising God, and all the students started singing also. After the song, I prayed in front of everyone, and I asked God in faith that every person that has ever been to this school in all of time would all have the gift of repentance and faith before leaving earth, and that they will all be in the kingdom for eternity. I then heard that I will remember this moment asking God for this because it will and has been answered. And then I woke up. So, this represents all of the people, you know, as the Father said, uh, or uh, through Jesus, um, uh, that God was going to give him everyone that belonged to him, right? All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. Amen. So, uh, Samuel Fire on 12 1, 22. We got this from him uh, Restoring the Miscarrying Womb of the Church. I dreamt that Tiana and I were at our own home and had a few people that came over for prayer and fellowship. We were praying for this young couple, 
They were having complications in their relationship with emotional and physical pain after having a miscarriage. Okay, well, that's, you know, the church is having miscarriages because they don't bring Christ to full term. Christ in you, the hope of glory, to full term. In other words, they don't bear the fruit of Jesus and look like Jesus. All right? So the apostate church has been miscarrying the fruit of Christ for almost 2,000 years. Hosea 9, 13 and 14 says, But Ephraim shall bring out his children to the slayer. Give them, O Lord, what wilt thou give? Give them a miscarrying womb and dry breasts. So this is what happens to the apostate church. And Ephraim means from all nations, you know, according to the word. So there's a people from all nations that call themselves the church that are miscarrying Christ. They can only carry him so far and then they refuse to bring him to maturity in them, right? They refuse to come into his image. The woman had lots of pain in her womb. They were in agreement with the word of God, but had not seen or felt his power or experienced miracles yet. Well, speaking of religious men in the last days, God says in Second Timothy three through five or three five, holding a form of godliness, but having denied the power thereof. Yeah. They didn't yet know the Holy Spirit as in Acts nineteen. Amen. So Tiana was sharing her testimonies. I was breaking off all the witchcraft and doing warfare with the laying on of hands for them in the name of Jesus. Both of them got free from strongholds of the enemy. So that's revival for the apostate church. Amen. I then saw the change in them, and they were a happy couple and able to have a child again. So the elect among the apostates will finally be able to bear the fruit of Christ in the womb of their hearts once they have introduced to they are introduced to the real good news. Amen. Much of the church doesn't know the real good news, and that's a sad thing because it's it's keeping them from bearing the full fruit of Christ. Amen. So Claire Pinar 92222 got this we call the bride's special access to revival I dreamed I was walking through a small convenience store with Rion and my dad This convenience store was pretty average in its selections and it did not have what I was looking for as I came to the right side of the store, big electronic metal gates appeared, and beyond these was an amazing supermarket with so many fresh products spaciously and beautifully laid out. There were large cooling fridges and big wide aisles. My dad, representing 
the old man of our carnal nature in this case, tried to go through the metal gates and they screamed, Access denied! (laughs) With flashing red lights. He walked away embarrassed. So this this carnal man couldn't have access to this wonderful provision that God has for his people. Then Rion said, You go in, Claire, and we'll wait for you. I said, Okay. I walked up and down every aisle, but I did not put anything in my shopping cart until I approached the fresh goods section. Well, the bride only desires the fresh living water or living bread of the Word and will not consume any boxed or processed foods like the doctrines that the apostate churches offer. My dad represents the old man who is denied access to the heavenly gifts and fruit because he cannot receive anything good from God. He has to die. Amen. As I rounded a corner, I was hit on the head and shoulders from behind by a big, bulky teenage boy dressed in black with black hair. Well, this represents being clothed in darkness and submitted to darkness. I was so taken aback by this unsuspected act of violence from a stranger. Well, in these last days, the elect of God will be attacked in ways we never suspected by the apostates. Matthew ten thirty four through 36 says, Think not that I came to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Well, we know that's true. Um, He had a teenage sister who was tall with long, strawberry blonde hair. So a teenager is someone who is immature and, in some cases, rebellious. Strawberry blonde hair represents a mixture of submission to the sun, um, S-O-N, and sin. She represents uh, all apostate Christianity. She bared her teeth at me, and I saw that she had dog's teeth. Yep. Well, the dogs eat their vomit, right? The same old thing. All right. I rebuked them both and looked at their mom, who had shaggy, short hair. I said, this is not how children should behave. The mother replied weakly, we go to church. (laughs) She repeated this three or four times. Well, the apostate mother church teaches her children that they only need to go to church and to be saved, and that's it's, it's okay to remain in our sins, right? <laughs> then the manager came to me. He was larger than life and wore a light blue shirt. 
navy pants and a blue apron. He was lovely and said, We have it all on camera, and you can come in here and we'll take your statement, meaning the attack of these people against the bride, right? So the manager represents the angels who record everything and often are the ones who administer justice for the Lord's people. I walked with him into a manager's office. There were four ladies sitting uh, on leather chairs, and they were in agreement with him. Well, it could be faith, self-control, sincerity, love. <laughs> These are four of the seven women who bore the tower in Hermas's vision. I stood with my back to the wall facing the ladies and the manager. I had the unruly children on my left and their mother on my right. And I said, I don't want to press charges. I just want to deliver them. Well, the bride doesn't press charges or judge. She wants to pray and intercede. And the teenage girl was ecstatic to be delivered. She believed she could be changed. And I said, if I pray for you, you will be delivered. Well, okay, many lukewarm Christians will be set free in the coming last great revival. Something that they didn't think was possible, and even their church told them it was impossible, right? But God is going to so change people. Then the mother took out a blank business card and said, Write your email and phone number here, and we will call you. Well, the mother church doesn't really want deliverance for her children, represented by the don't call us, we'll call you attitude. But the elect among the apostates, represented by the strawberry blonde girl, will finally get down to business when the judgments begin and uh, we'll want to get in touch with the man, child, and bride. And then I woke up. Well, it's true. I mean, these things that are happening around us now and coming are going to make a lot of people wake up and seek God. So I asked the Lord for words for this dream and received by faith at random, Amos 7 and 3. The Lord repented concerning this. It shall not be, saith the Lord. And we're going to use the context 1 through 3. Thus the Lord showed me, and behold, he formed locusts in the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth. And lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. Well, that's the king cutting down the old flesh, right? The grass, the flesh, right? That's when you start growing. And it came to pass that when they made an end of eating the grass of the land, then I said, Lord, O Lord, forgive, I beseech thee, how shall Jacob stand? For he is small. Well, there it is. The Lord repented concerning this, it shall not be, saith the Lord. So, 
I also asked the Lord for more information about this dream and received by faith at random 1 Timothy 1 and 13 with my finger on faith and love. Well, there it is. In context 12 through 14. I thank him that in, enabled me, even Christ Jesus our Lord, for that he counted me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though I was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious, howbeit I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. Before you were a Christian, did you ever persecute a Christian? <laughs> okay, and after you became a Christian, you wished you hadn't done it, right? Because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord abounded exceedingly with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. I asked the Lord for one more word about this dream and received Titus 3, 4, and 5. By faith at random. And when the kindness of God our Savior and His love towards man appeared, not by works done in righteousness, which we did ourselves, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So then we got this, uh, A Sudden Move of God by Debbie Finsky. One sixteen twenty three. During our morning Zoom meeting, the Lord allowed me to see in the Spirit those whom He would call the lowliest of people and those addicted to every kind of sin. I could see the Spirit of the Lord suddenly coming upon them, moving in their spirits. I could discern their intense desire for God. These were dry, needy, and homeless people on the streets. Well, these represent spiritually homeless people. I could see them dropping to their knees and raising their hands to heaven with a sudden but awesome desire for Jesus to truly want to know Him. Quote, I am doing this, I am doing the work, but even my people who know my truths are walking in my ways and are walking in my ways will see and wonder if such persons could be touched in such a way. But I say unto you what a remnant I am bringing forth. So I warn you, I warn my people to be prepared. Be ready to receive my gift to minister to those who I will allow you to run into as you go about your business of the day. And I say, do not let their appearance stop you from being moved by my Spirit, to minister by my Spirit as I bring you face to face with them. So the Lord will enable us to minister to some of the lowliest people out there, right? Be alert and do the work of God, even those affluent ones 
who have sat before Bible teachers hearing my word preached and receiving it with joy and walking in my ways to the best of their knowledge, now will suddenly receive revelation from my spirit that they are yet so empty and needy of the deeper truths of my word. They are going to suddenly desire more of me, and they will seek me with all their hearts, praying with earnest out of a sudden yearning desire which I will suddenly impart to them. Praise be to God. Isn't that awesome? So in revivals in the past, sinners and self-righteous people suddenly, for no apparent reason, have been overcome with grief for their sins and cry out to God. Uh, it's an amazing thing how the, it, it just goes beyond reason. You think you have to talk them into something. But uh, God can show you that He can grant repentance immediately. And the Lord goes on, And many will find you and will truly find me through the ministry and revelation truths you have received in me and through my word and are so freely giving out. Be ready, my people, for I will suddenly do a quick work. Have you not heard? The harvest is ready to be picked. Therefore I say to you, Stay prepared in me and go forth intentionally into my harvest field. Drop all things that would hinder you from being my vessels, for I have called you. And she prays, Thank you, Father. Bless us all in Jesus' name to receive this word from you and to move with your spirit to bring many into your kingdom and into your eternal kingdom truths. Amen. Amen. Aren't we looking for just such a revival? I've read about the revivals in the past, some really great ones where just a move of the Spirit swept over people, even uh, swept out of buildings and over people in, in, in down the street, through the city, so on and so forth. Uh, just a wave of the Holy Spirit convicting people who sometimes fell out on the sidewalks and prayed, crying out to God. It's going to be wonderful. And uh, the anointing on God's people that will go forth. The pure word of the Lord going forth out of God's people whom revival has come to. And very much prophetic words coming out of people and uh, to bring people into the kingdom, to speak things that people need to hear, the things that will convict and um, slay their old man, basically. Well, Father, we do pray for that. We pray, Lord, for a mighty, mighty move of your Spirit. Lord, we're seeing death out there everywhere. We hardly even cross this little city that we live in here at night without seeing emergency vehicles at somebody's home 
ambulances there, sometimes even a fire engine there because they're stretched kind of thin. Um, and there's a line waiting to be cremated. There are many dead people. And even in this small town, you know, this is amazing. Death is, is, well, let me say, it's nothing like it's going to be. It's, it's, um, multitudes of people are dying. They need to know the Lord. Even in the midst of their dying, they could know the Lord. If God be merciful, and they're not suddenly struck dead like a lot of people are dying, uh, who don't get a chance to really change their mind and repent and turn to Jesus when they re- it's revealed to them that they're dying. God's mercy is reaching those whom he will. I'll have mercy on whom I will. That's what he says. His mercy is reaching through to them. I spoke with a woman one day who called me and told me her husband was dying. I talked to him on the phone, and he was now ready to listen. (laughs) And as I spoke to him, uh, I discerned that there were demons in him, and I started commanding them to come out, and I would command them, and then I wouldn't hear him, and she got on the phone, and she said, oh, he's being thrown around the room when these demons come out of him. So I continued, and uh, he was delivered. And then he told his wife, I'm going to be with the Lord. And she said, oh, no, you're not going anywhere. He said, yes, I am. (laughs) And he went to be with the Lord. How quick can things change? (laughs) How quick can things change? And, you know, um, some people are going to be brought into the kingdom with the revelation that they are dying. And uh, they'll get a conviction of uh, their sins and repent and turn to the Lord. You've heard of deathbed repentances, and sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not. And uh, But when they're true and a person turns to the Lord, even at the last minute, they can uh, be saved. Well, Lord, we're looking forward to those great revivals that we've always read about. We've seen so many fake revivals out there, Lord, that just, you know, people trying to drum up a revival or a false revival, like the false revival movement that went across this land in the last years. Uh, even when demons were being imparted, they were calling it a revival. It wasn't a revival. It was an impartation of evil. And uh, so, Lord, we're kind of sick of that kind of stuff. The real revival, Lord, the real revivals is what we're looking for when multitudes are swept into the kingdom because we're in the end times. Amen. Lord, you're so most merciful, and we need to see that. We need to see your mercy poured out upon your people. We, uh, we know that we have believed for our loved ones to come into the kingdom, and we know you're going to do it. In the name of Jesus, 
We decree it. We declare it that they will be saved. And they will see what's going on around them and they won't be swept into eternity without uh, the choice that you put in their heart. Lord, the sower went forth to sow and he sowed the seed in the hearts of the people. And um, we know that not everybody receives that seed, but some do and bring forth fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And it can be just that quick too. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing, bringing multitudes into the kingdom even now because of all this death out there. People need to be praying for families when people die suddenly to give them the comfort of heaven. Father, we thank you, Lord, for doing this. We thank you for granting uh, repentance in families where a a person dies. You know, Lord, many of them were warned by many conservatives or Christians not to take the vaccine. And um, and they're learning that they made a mistake. Even Christians are learning they made a mistake. And Lord, um, some of these will die, but they will turn to you. And um, we thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, you are almighty to save those that you foresaw from the foundation of the world. And they will enter the kingdom. As Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you for joining us today, saints. God bless you and keep you. And we'll do this again sometime. Amen. My thirsting soul, purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. Jesus.